You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. We've met, I think, was it last year or two years ago now um, at two Playground ago, Coffee? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could talk more about that later, but um, from meeting you, I just feel like, you know, every one of our conversations or even hanging out with some of our mutual friends, yep. you know, I just, I just enjoy it, man. I feel like definitely a creative and a, and, a, and a man who's creating your own vision and your own legacy in your own right. Um, but then also finding new ways to create and collaborate with others um, that's natural and makes sense for you. So so I just feel like, man, I'm just very interested. I'm really excited to like have this episode because like, you know, I feel like this is also like, you know, just a real conversation, right. <laughs> you know, beyond just like an interview. Um, so yeah, man, without any further ado, please introduce yourself. Taj, thanks for having me. My name is Joshua Peruza. I go by JP. Some people call me Josh. I am a designer. I am an entrepreneur, an all-around creative person, person that just likes to bring people together. This conversation is like long overdue. We first connected at the uh, SMIB um, pop-up at Playground Coffee. Yeah. Um, that they were doing. It was during a New York Fashion Week, right? That they yeah, it was September last year. September of last year. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, we we met there briefly. Um, yeah. And then, I feel like we kept passing each other because you were there for like the day I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You were there the whole day. Right. And then we were like passing each other the whole time. Georgie and Jordan and them were here. Mm-hmm. Like. And we would just like kind of say what's up, because <laughs> <laughs> I think we both assumed like that the other person was from Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, yo, for real, I, I definitely thought you were not from here. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, he's probably just one of the Amsterdam guys. Yeah. So I just, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting man. to find out that you lived like a couple miles away. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, where are you from specifically? Um, from uh, that's always a hard question for me, <laughs> but. Long, like just to shorten it, I was born in Queens, and I currently live in the Bronx. Mm, mm. Yeah. How long have you uh, lived in the Bronx? I've lived in the Bronx um, since 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, bounced around a little bit, but my current location, I live by Yankee Stadium. I've been there since about 2016. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, and where in Queens were you born? I was born in Jamaica, Queens. Yeah. You know, Southside Jamaica, Queens. Yeah, yeah. The, the G-Unit era was uh, heavy <laughs> was my entire <laughs> like I was from like I am yeah. from like you couldn't tell me I was not that was like G-Unit. the soundtrack to the, the life yeah <laughs> to anyone our age that yeah. was our bible <laughs> yeah, no, and it was felt too because I, I think at the time as well um, once like torrent sites were involved yeah. and lime wire you know yeah. those tapes Everything. you know you were doing all your research Everything. you know it's like there yeah. learning every lyric like that shit, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. It's a different time, man. And and even for me, like I went to St. John's for a year. Nice. So I was in Jamaica, but like right off of Utopia, right on campus, basically. Yeah. Um, were you more like in Jamaica, Jamaica, or like Forest Hills, or? Uh, like I was in Jamaica, Queens, like Q Five, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Merrick Boulevard, yeah, Linden. Yeah. Mm. You know, right there with eighty five, the Q Five, the Q Four. Like yeah. I was right there. Yeah. Um, you know, right with that Wonder Bread factory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right over there. Everybody from Queens know where that right, is. Right, right. Like, Damn. that Damn. was right over there. Mm. Um, a lot of my life was spent there. Uh, some of it growing up, again, when I was a teenager, and I eventually kind of went to the Bronx. Mm. Just I just bounced around a lot, just mm. living situations in my whole life. So Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And what was, like, your childhood like in, in Queens? Well, that's the thing. So I grew up in Trinidad. 
Okay. So I was born in Queens yeah. and immediately went to Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom just figured it was a better living situation for me. Like, why grow up in a small basement when my grandmother has a huge house? Mm. You know, I can run around the backyard, better educational system. Um, so she was just like, it's kind of a no brainer. I can provide, I can have a better life and she can still provide for me mm. in almost the same way. Yeah. Um, I didn't miss her because she was there all the time. She would come visit whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, financially, it was smarter because, you know, she would just be able to save up and send money. And it was just, I don't know, it just made more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just growing up there. What was, was that like? <laughs> it was insane. I yeah. always tell people, um, I feel like I never, I, have, I didn't experience, yeah, I feel like I didn't experience racism until I got to America mm. when I was eight. Mm. Like growing up in Trinidad around my, I mean, I know it's there, mm. but growing up around my grandmother and my aunts and uncles and family out there, there was no, he's like, it wasn't like there was no subtleties mm. like we're gonna treat this person differently mm. because they're lighter or darker it was like if you did wrong that's mm. why you got treated a certain way not because of how you looked mm. or how you dressed mm. and when i first came up here that was what 98 mm. like definitely full swing it was just yeah. like you could tell the difference mm-hmm. and so that was just a very it was a eye opener for me and yeah. I was just like this is this is odd like why mm. and then I would ask my mom and love my mom she was very transparent about these kinds of things she would just tell me like that's called racism and she told me what racism is mm. so from a very early age I just knew what these things were and mm. I knew I not didn't didn't necessarily know how to navigate life automatically but mm. I feel like learning from that age mm. definitely Help me become the person I am now. Yeah. How I'm so open-minded to anyone else's culture, mm. beliefs, backgrounds. Like, I have friends of all ages and races, sex, sexual orientation. Doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always been how I was. Right. It's, that's not like a... Because now it's accepted. Now it's mm. cool to me. But I remember, like, fighting people. Yeah. Like, hey, you're not going to pick on him because mm. you think he's gay or short or darker or lighter or doesn't dress how you think you should dress like that's not what we're doing Mm. um now get in in trouble a lot because you know i'll be fighting a lot but letting people be who they are Mm. is has always been the way i wanted people to be and even Mm. if that meant removing me from like if Mm. removing me from your life makes your life better do that like i don't care how you have to do it Mm. if you have to hurt my feelings other person's feelings or not or make somebody else's life better but speak your truth be yourself Mm. at all times because the only life you're gonna reach and live and be happy in is one that you're being yourself Mm. and one that you're being true to you and i learned all of that honestly from my grandparents my mom and just growing up around that it was like perfect example my grandmother was jehovah's witness Mm -hmm two of her kids are and two of her kids aren't Mm -hmm. so my mom is not and my other aunt isn't up here in america like if you're not a jehovah's witness they kind of try not to associate Mm. themselves with you yeah but in trinidad it was not none of that Mm. my grandmother was like if you want to be a christian a buddhist uh, fine i love you the same way Mm. and it's that's me like we connect we don't 
I see you on the street and you need help. I'm not looking at you like, mm, I'm not helping him because he's white, mm. or I'm not helping him because he's black. I'm helping because you need help. Mm. That's what. That's why I'm helping mm. you. Um, mm. and then and that that just always kind of stayed with me. And yeah, man. I, also too, I'm also curious. It's about like. You know, even from growing up in Trinidad for a few years, mm-hmm. like music. What were you listening to musically there versus in New York? So it's, <laughs> it's so crazy because I feel like I got all of what I love from music mm. from there. Mm. Because people would think like, okay, growing up there, all I listened to was Soka and Calypso. Mm. A lot of it, yes. <laughs> but when I tell you my grandma would play anything, yeah. like, yeah. and then my step-grandfather, he would pl- like... We had two speakers like this, like that were like six feet tall mm. in the living room. Yeah. And every Saturday and Sunday mm. morning, like everybody would wake up, start cleaning the house, and put any like just put music on. Mm. And I just remember that so vividly. Like they probably weren't even six feet tall. I was. So no, I was about to think. I was, I was so <laughs> I was so small. They seemed six feet tall yeah. to me. I was like. <laughs> I was so little. They right. they probably were probably like four feet or something. Right. Like you probably be looking down at them now. Yeah, exactly. Years, but, but still, no. I think that's also the point, and even the memory of it. It's yeah. like even the size of the speakers also like impacted your experience of the mm-hmm. music, like and, and yeah. how you felt the music. Exactly. You know, as a kid. But yeah, continue. What, what you talking about? But no, yeah, it was yeah. it was just insane. Like just listening to like a lot of calypso, a lot of you know whatever was current. Mm-hmm. Um, Hip hop, pop. I mean, from then was then current, but oldies from that time, which right. was stuff from the seventies and like all that kind of shit. I'm just like, what is this? Mm. I don't know. What, what is this song? What is it? Like Ace of like Ace of Bass. We would listen mm. to James Brown. Listen mm. to like anything yeah. current, old. Yeah. I don't know. My grandma was on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like she had great musical taste. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like very intentional. It's like mm-hmm. I feel like for a lot of us, our experience with music as kids, like from our parents and grandparents, was really like our our, our education. You know, it's yeah. like really our first sort of introduction to like our music. Right. You know, and and like our, we got to really thank our parents and our grandparents Absolutely. for that for real. Because like I think about it. <laughs> Like I think about like car rides with my my mm-hmm. grandfather um, and my grandmother Johnny Ray and Ukulu, mm. and like literally just like going through, yeah, like James Brown records or uh, Stevie Wonder records yeah. and just like learning. And mm-hmm. it's like literally they were like you know very intentional about which songs they were playing and like saying mm-hmm. like you need to know this. Right. You know, and it's like at the time as a kid, you know, you you loved it, you appreciated it. Right. But, as adults now, it's like, yeah. man, thank right. you. Thank you for <laughs> exactly. that. Like a lot of, and you think a lot of kids may have not have even had that experience mm-hmm. of, you know, the wealth of music that we have within mm-hmm. our culture. You right. Know, it's, it's dope, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but continue, man. Yeah, no, but <laughs> I mean, like, that, yeah, that, that, that's what the, the, how the music was for me. It was just always an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Always, yeah, it was just, I, I never, felt tired of what I was hearing mm. it was always like oh shit like what like you know what? and even at the time it wasn't like what's this new track I need to hear it again but it was mm-hmm. more like it was more like just and just like I hear certain songs and I just think of that time mm. and I just feel that 
it takes you right there. Yeah, and yeah. And, and it's it's a good feeling. It mm. feels like you know, it just it's just it's a good and I'm and that's I feel like that's just what music should do and mm. how it should resonate. Yeah, it should just be a good feeling and then match a good memory because mm. all I have is good memories of like listening to music, cleaning the house, and like hanging out with my grandparents and mm. just being around that was definitely definitely gave me like the the wide range of what i listen to now like yeah. now I'll, I'll listen to afro beats and then i'll turn on some rock and roll and then i'll turn on some old school like mm-hmm. anything and it, it just makes you appreciate again full circle back to just everything everybody has to offer mm. like mm. you're putting out country music because that's your truth mm. and i appreciate that mm. i can't like there's always like it's weird to me when people are like I hate this artist or I'm like I cannot like an artist and still respect him mm. like I don't have to be like fuck Drake I hate Drake I can be like I don't like Drake's music but I respect him as an artist he's doing something that a, like a million people are trying to do he does it very well mm-hmm. very successfully and not just Drake anybody like mm. very successfully mm. and you have to respect that. That takes talent. That takes skill. It takes time. It takes dedicating your life to. He didn't have to dedicate his life to this because there were times when he wasn't about to make it. Right. They ha- everybody had the struggle period. Kendrick, all of them. Every had had that period where it was like, why am I even doing this? Mm. Us as creatives, we all have that same process, mm. that same thought process at one point in time. Like, is this the way? Does anybody care about what I'm doing? Mm. And just the fact that they're there now. I can't hate them. Yeah. Cannot. I refuse to. Because yeah. if I was to, you know, God willing, get to that level on what I'm trying to create, I would want people to just respect me for doing it. Mm. Whether you like it or not, just respect me because I'm doing it and because I put the effort in and I'm doing it in a light that inspires positivity in the world. Mm. Mm. So definitely man yeah. so what year you said like 2007 you moved from trinidad to new york okay so i'll give you i'll give you the time yeah, give me the timeline, i'll give you the man. full time yeah line. yeah so it's born in 1990 um so from 1990 to about i want to say 96 mm-hmm. i was in trinidad i came back up and lived in queens for about six months and then my mom sent me back to trinidad because I just wasn't adjusting well. Mm-hmm. And then I came, so I was there from 96 to 98. And then in 98, my mom asked me, do you want to stay or do you want to come back? So she kind of like just forced me back. And then she was like, no, let me send him back. And now let me ask him mm. if you want to come mm. back. And if, and I like left the decision up to me. Mm. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I don't really like the heat that much. Mm-hmm. So I literally, I was like, it's too hot down here. <laughs> yeah. I want to come back to New York. Yeah. Um, and so from eight till about I want to say 11 yeah I was in Harlem because we went we came to Queens and then my mom got a job in Harlem where she was a home health aide so we were living with the person she was taking care of yeah um and so from about yeah from about eight to about uh, maybe maybe later than that like maybe like 13 I was in Harlem and then you know something happened where we had to like leave that situation um you know how life goes absolutely um we went to another place in harlem something else happened so i was there for about a year so around 
14 or 15 is when I went to Queens for about a year or two years. I was in Queens. And then my mom was on, um, what's that thing called? Section 8? Mm-hmm. When they like call you for the apartment. Mm-hmm. So um, she actually took me back to Trinidad because, you know, being a teenager, I was not being the best child. <laughs> and she was planning on leaving me there. But while we were in Trinidad, she got a call from Section 8 saying like, hey, do you want this apartment or not? <laughs> and so we just had to scramble, buy tickets, come back. And that's how we ended up in the Bronx. Wow. Wow. So we got the apartment um, in the Bronx. She's actually still there um, in that apartment. And then I was in the Bronx from, uh, in that apartment from 2007 to 2016. Mm-hmm. And that's when I moved out to where I am now. Nice, man. Wow. I feel like your your journey mm-hmm. and even your story is sort of like a reflection of like even how you think now. Like yeah. and you were saying like in terms of being so 100%. open-minded and like even understanding that people have different ways of living and seeing the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you were sort of like, you had a crash course in that very early. And like, <laughs> very early. You were almost like really confronted with like sort of different perspectives and different mm-hmm. ways of life very early. Um, and then having to not only see and perceive the difference, but also having to adjust yourself to the different environments. Yeah. So it's like, that's that takes a lot, man. Like, it, it, especially it, it, very it, early yeah. in life. You know, I feel like that's nothing to overlook. It, it takes people like yourself to sort of continue to do that because mm-hmm. it helps other people see the value. The and value that, in that each other. Possible, you know, right. and that it's possible. Yeah. That's you know, it. like, it's like, like you just being you is like what people need to see hundred <laughs> percent yeah hundred percent agree yeah man so so where did when did fashion become a part of your life like is this something that you were even thinking about as a kid so, fun, <laughs> funny enough um before i even get into that i'm gonna yeah, tell you yeah. this part please 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 um <laughs> growing up um when i first got to america mm. and started school and everything that was fourth grade third grade mm. my mom bought me this disney book and you would each year, like at the end of the year, mm-hmm. she would bring it out, give it to me, and I would write down. It was like it was the same questions for each year, and it would be like, "What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, uh, what did you learn this year? So, so, just something like that." And each, like, just looking back at it now, <laughs> I realized that in fourth grade, I wrote down fashion designer. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize that mm-hmm. until about like two years ago. Wow! So, like. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because for years, mm-hmm. up until two years goes for years, I people will be like, "Hey, where'd you get those jeans? I would love to buy a pair." And I'd be like, "I don't make anything for people. I only make things for me." Mm-hmm. And I would tell myself, going back to that, I would tell myself nobody would buy that. So mm-hmm. only make it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna buy it. Who's gonna buy this? Mm-hmm. When there's a hundred people telling me, "I want to buy that." Yeah. Where do you? A hundred people telling me, are you a stylist? Why are you in this industry? Why are you working at Starbucks? You should be out there being a stylist. You should be making clothes. And so, from a young age, um, one, my grandmother is a seamstress. Yeah. So, like, the room that I slept in was also her sewing room. Mm-hmm. So, every morning I woke up to the sound of a sewing machine. Right. So, she's sewn wedding dresses and, like, school uniforms and... Like, my grandmother is a wizard with a fucking soul machine. Mm. Oh, and I, like, always has been. Um, and just 
being around that. What's her name, by the way? I mean, My, yeah. My grandma's Victoria. Yeah, do you call her Victoria? Or? I call her Granny. Granny. Yeah. Shout out to Granny. Shout out to Granny. Like, that's, that's, no, that's, that's really dope. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, yeah, continue, man. I'm yeah. listening. I'm listening. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, my granny. <laughs> yeah. She, um, it wasn't even like, hey, do this. Mm. It was just like, I was around it, and that was the thing I just like. Like, I just like watching her. Just soaking up game. Yeah. <laughs> I just like watching her with the sewing machine and putting things together. And, like, for someone growing up in New York, mm -hmm. you would know, like, getting your clothes, you have to go to the store, buy it. Yeah. Like I knew clothes as my grandmother makes them. Mm. Everything I wore, my grandmother made. Mm. So I was just I didn't really know I didn't really get the concept of shopping mm. until I got to America. Right. Cause right. like my my mom would send stuff for me, of course. So I knew it came from somewhere. But the idea of like, all right, we have to go shop for new clothes. Like my mom, my grandmother would go shop for material yeah, and make the yeah. clothes. Yeah. Uh, you know, buy the, buy the fabric and buy the, the chalk and the new scissors and yell at me if I grab a scissors to cut paper like don't use my you know like yeah, these have a uh, purpose yeah yeah and yeah. so mm. when I was uh, like a little bit I want to say eight nine ten I would like draw stuff on shirts but not and not you know not thinking anything of mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. or I would like do you remember what you were drawing on shirts at the time um I don't remember exact I do remember one thing I did was there was a shirt that my mom had that mm -hmm. had a Tweety Bird on it mm -hmm. and I loved it but it was too small yeah and so I cut it out and wow. I sewed it onto a shirt that would fit me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like the first memory I have That's of fresh. creating my own thing. That's fresh. That's fresh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that is the first memory I have of like actually putting my own thing together. And mm. I was like, again, still not really like putting two and two together. Uh, conscious of what you were actually right. doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wow. For some reason, in fourth grade, I wrote down fashion design. Mm. I don't remember why. I wasn't doing anything with fashion in fourth grade, but. For some reason, at that time, I was just like, "This is what I want to be." You felt it, yeah. You just felt it, yeah. Oh, um, wow, wow. And then all through high school, you know, I would just take sharpies and draw my shirts, and mm -hmm. like, they would always be like, Man, "These jeans aren't right. Take them to the tailor." Or these jeans aren't right. Like, rip them here or bleach them here. Or take a hat and sew it onto another hat. Like mm -hmm. all this kind of Frankenstein shit. I thought mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm was really that was me being me mm. and i feel like when you aren't being yourself you'll reach a point that you can't not be yourself anymore like you'll reach a point where you're just like i can't do this anymore i have to be myself and that was when i started my brand i was just like wow this is what i'm this is what i want to do and i've been telling myself nobody's gonna buy it i'm like all right if nobody buys it cool but i have to make this because mm. if i don't i'm going to go crazy yeah because i'm doing everything else and i'm not happy mm. i'm making all this money doing all these other things and i'm not happy and i'm like is this what i want to be like i've seen people go down the road where they become millionaires but they're not happy and i'm like growing up as you can as you as you heard <laughs> it wasn't about money mm. so money has never been something that i put a great like a value on this a gift and a curse you know sometimes you have to put a little stress on money and stuff but so like 
but that's never that's never my first thought. It doesn't control you. It doesn't. Right. Absolutely. Right. It does not it does mm-hmm. not control how mm-hmm. I operate in life. Mm-hmm. And so starting the brand, I was just like, all right, so we're not starting this thinking of I'm gonna make this brand so I could sell it for a million dollars. I'm making this brand because if one person sees the shirt and is like, oh my God, I like that shirt. And then they they see it has a good message and they are inspired by what I'm doing and sit down and listen to my story. That's enough. Mm. That's that's all I really want. And like, it's been a crazy, <laughs> crazy journey of ups and downs. And But that, that as is everything, but but the thing that I've realized is you're going to go through ups, downs, sideways, good, bad times anyway. You might as well do it with something you love because then it'll be worthwhile. If you're doing it just for money or just for for because your mom said it, just because you think society would look at you a certain way, you're never going to be happy and you're always going to lose. The only way you win is if you do it at something you love because you have to go through the bullshit anyway. You might as well go through the bullshit <laughs> With something you love. That's a fact. Wow. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Like, you just said, like, <laughs> that's it, bro. Like, yeah, this is powerful, bro. Like, um, Thank you. You know, can you tell people about your brand and, like, even the starting process of that mm. and what that meant for you, man? Got you. Yeah. Um, so, the brand, it's called, um, it's called A-Lifkin. For some reason, I've realized that, like, 90% of people, when they see it, they pronounce it A-Lifkin. So, however you say it, I say A-Lifkin. Um, it translate to familiar family and the idea behind the brand is everybody you meet treat them as you would a family member mm. simple clean cut mm. all of the same feather we flock together like mm. simple because yeah. Yeah. i mean as everything i've been saying how are we really different mm. like we're we're all going through a problem a situation we all feel like we're the only person going through something and when you read the name I want you to think like when you when you hear Pharrell Williams, you you listen, you think of a certain kind of energy. Mm. Like when you hear Oprah Winfrey, you think of a certain kind of energy. Mm. I want that kind of energy to be what people think of when they hear the word Aleftkin, because yeah. it means like I'm gonna if I'm wearing this shirt, this means I represent positivity in the world. I represent whether it's a meaningful design or not, whether it just says Aleftkin plain on the shirt. Mm. I want people to like resonate that oh all right this means that i gotta i'm helping out whoever i can i'm helping at least one person today Mm. i'm putting my best foot forward in whatever i do i'm saying yes i'm going out there and i'm doing what i believe i should be doing Mm. like all of these things that people sometimes shy away from because of whatever reason Mm. just you know letting them know not the only one going through shit yeah like we we all are and we can coexist and even more than that collaborate and help each other with problems not just in good times like you can be there for someone and it doesn't have to be a family member Mm. like some of the biggest and best and my biggest cheerleaders and my my shoulders to cry on has not been family members so that's why it's like familiar family like we're all family and Mm. treat each other like family Mm. because you might be looking to a family member or something when you got somebody that's a friend mm. or sometimes a stranger, but it just all it just takes you to open up your eyes, open up your 
just open up a little bit to like see it. You know, even now, just sort of seeing, you know, what you have accomplished and are mm-hmm. accomplishing since I first met you, mm-hmm. um, like it's only just gonna continue to like exponentially, you know, grow from there, bro. And and it's like the people in your life already see it. You know, it's like it's, we it's see funny. It. It's funny that you yeah. say that because even as you're saying that now and you're saying like all the things I've accomplished immediately in my mind I'm like I feel like I haven't done anything Mm. and it's crazy how we always do that like Mm. people are always looking in like wow he's doing so much and the person that's in it you can't see it because you're in it Mm. it's so weird like seeing that you have done these things it's always that's why you just have to stay in motion Mm. and that's what I always tell you just Mm. stay in motion Mm. because you don't know who's watching Mm. you don't know who's observing you don't know what's going on around you that is going to kick off the next thing Mm. so that's why you just got to keep doing it even if you feel like it's pointless at the moment keep doing that shit Mm. that's what i I, that's just what i live by like (laughs) i like sometimes i'm just like i don't know how this is going to work out Mm. what's going to come of this sometimes something great sometimes i mess up sometimes nothing but the fact that i enjoy doing it and the fact that it's just something that I'm living and truthfully being a part of, then everything else that happens is just, you know, it's just extra. It's just awesome. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, I got to meet this person. Oh, shit, I got to do this podcast. Oh, shit, I got to go to Amsterdam and hang out with these dudes and meet these dudes. And it's like all that because I decided I wanted to live my true self. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just want <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. Like, yeah. I have nothing else to say. Like, really, like that's that's it. And I think the moment you start thinking and living and seeing life that way, mm-hmm. it's just like you just you just flow. Yeah. You know, it's just the flow, man. So you live in it, man. So so yeah. how can people find your brand and also even like the work you're doing with Smib? Okay. Like how can people find those things, man? Um. So yeah, my brand um, is Alifkin. Alifkin.com, so it's A L E P H K I N. Literally, you type that in Google, it'll come up. Um, it's at Alifkin, Alifkin.com. Um, if you want to follow me personally, it's Joshua Peruza. That's J O S H U A P E R U Z A. Again, if you type that in, I'm the only Joshua Peruza, <laughs> I, I guess, ever, because I'm the only one on Facebook. Um, and yeah, which which is, which always, that, both, those two things, always weird me out because I'm like 90% of the time when people start something and they have a name it's already taken mm. and I'm like what, what sign is it that the mm. universe is giving me that I'm the only one mm. and then the name that I come up with is the only one it's for you it's for me it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's like if it doesn't exist and you see there's an issue it's because you're it mm. you're the solution you're meant to create it yeah 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 wow, wow and so man. that's it that's 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 my that's my piece. Powerful, man. Thank you, thank you again for being on the open canvas, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for having me. Like, this has been, this has been awesome. <laughs> thank you, bro. Thank, thank you. you. So, once again, I'm Taj Alexander with my homie Josh, Joshua. Yes, sir. And we're out. Thank you, man. Peace. Yeah. To find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also, stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, Taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.